All right, flip the record, episode four. Got special guest Mike here today. How are you doing, Mike? I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, killing it. What's going on, everybody? Is everyone doing good? Yeah, same old, same old, different day. All right, let me do uh, our intro for this week's artist here. This man has sold over 20 million albums worldwide, nominated for 19 Grammys, won seven, including Best Male Pop Vocal Performance five separate times, Song of the Year, and Best Pop Vocal Album. He's got over a billion YouTube views, over nine billion Spotify streams, a watch collection valued in the millions. Uh, he's currently a member of Dead & Company, is a master songwriter and guitarist. Today we've got Mr. John Mayer. Yeah, you could say what you want about John Mayer, but in terms of uh, kind of musical legacy. This guy is as popular as they come. Uh, it's weird to think of him as in the pop charts. Um, and I guess he is probably, but just listening to his music, I would more categorize it as generally soft rock, um, almost like bluesy, but yeah, but they don't have a soft rock category. At the yeah, Grammys. fair. Not a lot of other artists in that category, maybe. So John Mayer. Yeah. Looking forward to getting into this one. Um, so before we, st- well, before we start here, I want. Do you guys want to do? I've got a couple of jokes. Do you want me to just get get them all out of the way now, or do you want me to sprinkle them in when we do each album? Oh, sprinkle them in. Yeah, sprinkle them in. Sprinkle them. All right. In. So I want to. Before we get into the albums, I want to start by saying I think John Mayer is. I mean, he's like. There's no denying he's a genius. Like the his songwriting, like his his uh, the way he plays the guitar. Uh, listening to him in interviews, he's a smart guy, but I still think he's a bit arrogant, and he. Sometimes he can come off as kind of like a douche. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, from a musical standpoint, he's a genius. So that's kind of what I'll be focusing on. Try, I'll mention some of the some of the other things along the way. Other but things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is a guy whose music uh, overperforms his songwriting and his and his singing, frankly. Um, I think the songwriting is is good. But I think his musical prowess, uh, whether he's playing or whether he's kind of orchestrating uh, the band around him, is really, really good and really highly regarded anyways. So looking forward to getting into that. Yeah. So how did uh, before we start, because I'll say I only listened to like most of his hits and then getting into this, like there's a lot of songs that I liked. But Mike, I know that you've been a John Mayer fan for a while. So how did you get into him? Yeah. So I really got into John Mayer uh, from like a guitar playing perspective. You know, I love rock music. Um, so my favorite music's I like blues. I like the blues a lot. I love Eric Clapton, that kind of style. And John Mayer has a lot of that. I really like him most when he's with his trio, John Mayer trio. Yeah. It's kind of a blues trio that he has. Uh, that's when I like him the most. And so I really got into John Mayer that way. And, you know, Room for Squares and some of his softer stuff that's more commercially s- successful, I don't mind. But the meat and potatoes, or what I like mostly about him, is, is more more of his blues sound. So that's how I kind of got there. Um, and yeah. You brought up something there that I wanted to bring up at some point today. Mm-hmm. I I knew he had like the, the John Mayer trio, but I think for an artist who isn't like a like a pure pop artist where uh like think like um like a Katy Perry or something, right? There's no real like instruments being played it's just kind of Katy perry singing to a backdrop in a in a situation like this it's pretty douchey to to title your band or your your artist label john mayer like like Jimi hendrix Jimi hendrix was the Jimi hendrix experience um eric clapton went through a number of different bands throughout his career and then when he went solo 
yes, he was just Eric Clapton, but plenty of like he 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 paid homage to his band members. John Mayer is just John Mayer. And obviously he jumps in with John Mayer Trio. He's done work with the the Grateful Dead. Da 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 da. It's still a little douchey. What about John Denver? Just John Denver. It's not sure, like that's John douchey Denver too. In the, the b- <laughs> yeah. Like I, I haven't come across yeah. I I've, I was thinking about this yesterday and nothing else is coming to mind right now, but I was I can't think of an artist that is in this vein that names their it's like their name for the band that isn't douchey. A little bit. Just a little bit. There's a lot of jazz musicians and um, jazz artists where, you know, it's their name, trio. Trio is like, fine. Like Bill Evans trio. At least, you, ad- Evans. At least you acknowledge John the other Coltrane. people that are playing the other instruments in your band. I don't yeah. know. It just feels a little. Well, co- yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Cody John. Like, there's a lot of country artists who are like that, you know. Like, J- it's not yes. Jason Aldean and his band. Luke Bryan and his band. That's, just, actually, that's actually a good point. Just Luke Bryan. Celine Dion. Just Celine Dion. Elton John. It's not like Elton John and the. You know, I I'll, I'll have to consider this because I hadn't considered the country artist, but I'll have yeah. to I'll have to re, re come back to this take. Yeah, but I still think it's pretty douchey, a little douchey. Sorry, not pretty douchey. So speaking on John Mayer's douchery, I did see, uh, and this is I think his quintessential douche. He did this uh, speech at Oxford, and in the speech at Oxford, first of all, he had some good points about music, which I agree with, and I think that goes to your guys's point. He's a great musician, knows a lot about music. Is very creative, very entertaining, but he's a douche. And while he was giving the speech to Oxford, he used a uh, vocabulary word. He used a word. It's not a common word. He probably looked it up, or maybe he learned it once and then. But he even says he goes, "Ah, yes, I was able to use this word in a sentence. I wanted to be able to use this word in front of Oxford." It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. It's probably like one of his favorite yeah, things to do. But he also so like I watched or listened to most of that interview. He had a couple like interesting points about right. music and about his life like some of them i noted down he kind of writes songs he was saying like lucid dreaming mm-hmm. which i thought was a cool way and he's like yeah you like you have to know that you know you're in the dream but not to the p- to the point where you wake up and that's some of like his songwriting he's like you know i just i know uh i know i'm trying to build something but i don't know what yet so just kind of play along with it as it goes sure the other thing that he said that was i thought was good he's like yeah celebrities spend thousands of dollars on security but then they log on to social media and they let everyone through the fence by reading negative comments. I thought that was kind of a, a cool analogy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, let's. Do you guys want to get into uh, Room for Squares here? Yeah, yeah, we can hop on in. All right. So this he did release an EP before this that he yeah, self produced. Yeah. Um, but we're not we're not really gonna get into that because a lot of the songs from there are on Room for Squares. So this is his, his debut album. It's uh, kind of an acoustic pop rock style. Yeah, I saw somewhere that the, the title for this album is kind of play off another album that's called No Room for Squares. It's a jazz album, yeah. Yeah, and this was kind of a play off that where it's like, oh, no, it's the opposite. So, um, This album is pretty homogenous through. It's This is one of the two trends I'll talk about today that we're kind of discovering as we go through different artists is the artist's first work is generally, Linkin Park and this is, is an exception to this rule, but generally basic and not their best work and i think that this album kind of fits into that category i disagree mm. i i this is it's one of my favorite album. john mayer albums yeah it just compare it to all right so here, here, here's my question i get your point a little bit hearing the album and listening to it it's um it i get where you're coming from i think the songs like for example i'll take neon as an example for what i'm trying to to prove my point as 
Neon recorded is okay. When he performs Neon live and does just an acoustic set, it's fantastic. City Love. City Love recorded is not bad. City Love, when he does it live and he improvs the solo and he makes it a little more bluesy, I'm specifically referring to when he played it at, I think, the Crossroads, which is Eric Clapton's uh, Guitar Festival. Right, right. I think, it, I think he did it in like 2005, 2004, right, a few years after the album. But he does a version of City Love, a lot more blues licks, a lot more guitar heavy, and it's really, really good. So I think the songs, what I can kind of see you seeing is the songs are, are a good like starting point. They're good songs. Yeah, I'm not denying that. But they could be taken to another level. And I think you kind of expect, based off of Continuum and some of his other albums, that they be taken to this next level. It's yeah. not even... Sorry, go ahead, Joey. Oh, I was going to say, for me, this album kind of has like the vibe where it's like... Uh, a lot of this album could be played at like a coffee shop setting or like just a an intimate, like, you know, one person. Like, like you, I could see him playing this whole album like to like a coffee shop or whatever. Yeah, this is a- absolutely like a Tiny Desk concert. You've seen those, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my... I'm not saying the album's bad. I like the album, but it it every song kind of sounds the same in my opinion, um, and it's more or less musical gray noise. Uh, yeah, I, I could see I could see where you're coming from with that. But um, let's let's get into yeah, some of into uh, some of the songs off the album. So it opens with "No Such Thing," which I really like this song. Uh, it's kind of a longer one, but it's I don't know. It's got a good got a good chorus. I'm a, I'm a big fan of this one. Yeah, no such thing as cool. Note out there. It's a you know song about forging your own path in life. It's gonna be hard for me to comment. Like I said, every song yeah. here sounds the same. To I me, may so be, <laughs> I get that. I maybe rank this one a little bit lower on my totem pole. Um, I think there's a lot of just gems that maybe didn't get the commercial attention that no such thing got. I think there's a lot of gems in there that maybe didn't get that commercial attention, and I think that this is just kind of average. Yeah, like Why Georgia is a, a good song. He was living in Georgia at the time. Mm-hmm. It's a song about, you know, having doubts on whether or not you're doing like the right thing at certain points in your life. The key uh, change in that's nice. Yeah. In the middle of the song. Obviously, your body's a wonderland, which so he wrote yeah. this song about his first girlfriend that he had yeah, when he was like yeah. 14, which is funny in its own right. Um, but th- this is one of his biggest songs. Like mo- popularity wise. Uh, yeah, agree. Um, but again, just like no such thing. That's bottom middle when it comes to like I didn't I didn't put it in my top ten I just I I get it, it, it it's good for radio but I, that's not what I like about John Mayer yeah but yeah no I I agree with you I don't think it's in my top ten either but uh it is like this is kind of what helped spark him with his you know debut album here yeah yeah absolutely uh one little tidbit on this song so in two thousand two uh, John Mayer's dating Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love, huge tits. <laughs> uh, original, there was rumors in the tabloids that this song was originally about her. Um, later on, proven not to be the case, but uh, just a little tidbit to throw in about your body as a wonderland. This song's about me. No, it's not, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little grab it fame, something there. Yeah. But, Joey, where would you put... So I think you can separate room for squares into two categories, the ones that were commercially successful and then the other songs that, you know, weren't as commercially successful. I'm thinking of like three by five uh, St. Patrick's Day. Um, I, yeah. And I love. Oh, go ahead. I, I guess my question is, do you feel the same way I do? And Joe, the question, <laughs> Joe and Joe, uh, the question is the same. Do you feel like his best work on room for squares is the stuff that was not commercially successful 
or that wasn't radio friendly or not radio friendly that didn't make the radio because I think his best work on this album is the stuff that didn't make the radio. Uh, so yeah, so my favorite songs off this album were, like I said, No Such Thing, Why Georgia, although that one had like 170 million streams. So that one was popular. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was a second single for the album. Yeah. Um, my other favorite songs on this one are 83, which is a song yeah, about I was gonna say, same. him, you know, imagining that he's like six again and just what, you know, going back in time or whatever. Uh, back to you is one of my favorites. I think that one was, got some, some radio play mm-hmm. and then St. Patrick's Day is one of my favorites too. And I know that one was not not right. uh, on the radio yeah i think i'm with you here mike honestly uh i think a lot of the stuff that hits the radio for him is a little bit poppier mm-hmm. um and i like just the, like on this album in particular i like the tuned down just kind of like i don't know how to say it, it's coffee shop music just soft like bluesy like picking away at the guitar lyrically i think this album's really good too nothing to add there. i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's his best stuff lyrically but i think there's okay. yeah there's i agree some, with that like there's different songs about you know his perspective at different points of his life and then even like St. Patrick's Day you know about a song about people staying in relationships for the holidays like oh even though you're not happy just make it to St. Patrick's Day the holidays are over like yeah for a first album I think this is really good I agree oh my gosh yeah for a first album I, I think it's really good um I would have to say like maybe one of my favorites is something like Neon the reason I like the song Neon is it's got a funky sound. It's got like a little funkiness to it in the recorded version. But what I really like about this song is what he does with it live. You can play it acoustically, and it's awesome. And you can play it bluesy live, and it's awesome. And so, as mentioned before, that's what I really like about a lot of... My favorite songs are the, on the album are the ones that he plays bluesy live, that he can make that adjustment. Uh, City Loves Another One. But I think my number one on this album has to be uh, Neon, St. Patrick's Day. And then um, Love Song for No One is not, I get it, it, it's not like a masterpiece, but I think it's really catchy. Yeah, I had uh, just random notes here for City Love. The song's about him living in New York City and having like a love-hate relationship with the, you know, the city and the girl he's dating. But I think... Every now and then, like once or twice for an album, he'll slip in like a super incredibly douchey like lyric. Oh, and I think yeah. City Love has one where it's like, yes. she leaves her toothbrush at my place as if I even had the space. Right. Like, as Jesus if I had the Christ. extra space. Yeah. And he also says something like, and there's, it's at the end of the song. He says, as we're spooning on that, and we spoon. <laughs> like, I like the song because of the guitar, and that's really me and John Mayer. I like John Mayer because of the the, the music, the lyrics. Yeah. yeah, that's what I touched on earlier. Exactly. Every I think I, I I noted down like maybe one every album or one every other album where I was like listening to it and I was like, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> uh, well, when we get to the next album, there's there's quite a few on the next album where I'm like, oh. dude, like this, like this is a catchy song. And it's actually one of the reasons why, uh, in my top ten songs, I left out one, simply because of how it made me feel. Yeah. So, uh, anything? Do you guys have anything else on this album? I think I got one more thing here. Okay. Uh, this album, released in two thousand one, was originally released as an online only edition, which is strange. Like, so think back to two thousand one. I guess CDs would have been the main. Um, um, choice for like producing music this is an online only release originally and also originally the the track list is only 12 songs long 
3x5 was later on added to like a remastered, re-edited version of the album. Uh, not much later, like if, I think the same year even. Um, but yeah, September 2001, they added 3x5. So just a little note there. It's funny online only because that's like, you know, the internet's just kind of taking. Yeah, off that's what I'm starting. saying. Like, it's that is kind of weird. Like, where who the hell? I guess app iTunes at the time. Um, maybe no. Like the iPod wasn't even out, was it? Yeah, they didn't have I an iPod. So. Uh, I like maybe you're. I don't even know how you would have got it. MySpace. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. I guess maybe MySpace, but uh, still strange. Also, like. Uh, maybe this wasn't even something they had considered back then, but scalping music was huge back in the 2000s, just like stealing it for free. <laughs> and so to release an album online only is like the ultimate, like, ah, you're fucked. It's funny, though, because this album ended up being hugely successful. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it won a Grammy for best album, correct? Um, no, so the, this this one, there, I think this was one of the Grammy winners for best male pop mm. vocal performances. That's it. The song of the year was Daughters, and then the best pop vocal album was Continuum. Daughters is on the... Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. those, are, those are the Grammys album. he won. He might yeah. have gotten nominated for this Probably. one. I don't know. Um, but before we get into the next album, I'll do my... Uh, I've got one joke per album here, so let me, <laughs> let me get my jokes... Uh, actually, I'll do I'll do two here. John Mayer is the type of guy that writes a song about every girl he dates, and John Mayer is the type of guy to play guitar with his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll talk a little bit about it later, but he really is almost like the male version of Taylor Swift. They have a song <laughs> together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll get into this in a little bit. Yeah. So, Heavier Things, the second album, comes out in 2003. Uh, this album incorporates more blues and electric guitar. It's still like I feel like. In terms of like song structure and everything, it's kind of similar to Rooms Through Squares, but like the sound is again, it's a little bit more bluesy, a little bit more electric mm-hmm. guitar in there. So, yeah, what I really liked about this album, as compared to the last album, is he let the band play a little bit. Um, they mixed in, like you said, electric guitar. Um, there, there's a song with maracas in it. There's a song with hor- like a saxophone in it. Um, just a, a lot more musical variety here. Uh, and I think that's the main reason I appreciate this album a lot more than the previous. Mm, so you like this album more? Yeah, hundred percent. Musically, I, I like it more. Lyrically, I well, yeah, it. and that's that's what I've said at the top is like I could take or leave his lyrics, but the I'm saying in comparison to Room for Squares, I think Room for Squares has better lyrics and lyrics that I can tolerate more. This song, I like the music more, as in the bluesier sound. But like, for example, Come Back to Bed, like, come on douchey but again musically it's nice it is but it's like i can't be caught listening to that it's like dude come on i don't know it's kind of sweet (laughs) so my takeaway for this album is there's not as many songs that are like standout songs to me like room for squares there's like five or six songs i'm like oh yeah like this song comes on on shuffle i know it immediately i'm gonna listen to it this album there's some good songs but not songs where i'm like oh yeah this is like like i didn't have i think i might have had one song from this album like my top 10 daughters no, mm. I like I like daughters, but I didn't put it in my top ten. <laughs> You're gonna get roasted later. Um, yeah, no, this album's cool. Uh, I really like the music musical diversity here. Uh, Bigger yeah. than my body is a cool song. Um, I, I God, I, I hate saying it, but come back to bed. I really liked. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's cool. It's a cool song. I wish there were just other lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> so. For my favorite songs from this album, um, 
I did like daughters. Obviously, the song, you know, yeah, impact yeah, fathers and, and mothers have on on their their kids and how they yeah. you know act in relationships. Mm-hmm. I really liked Wheel. So you know, a song about the cycle of life and love. Uh, but I, I think this was this closed out the album, and this was a longer yeah, song. This yeah. is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a good one. And then Only Heart was another one that I really liked. Yeah, for sure, I like that. I did not like split split screen sadness. One of the worst songs I've I've heard as I listened through the catalog, maybe. So the first time around, I didn't like that one. The second, third, and fourth time I listened to it, I, I kind of liked it more. Indifferent to it. I really like, one of my favorites is uh, Something's Missing. Again, lyrics, eh. But I could say that about this whole album other than Daughters. Lyrics, not the favorite, but I like the guitar on it. I like that intro, the down. Yes. Uh, uh, the guitar's on it. it it's cool. So for something's missing, I, d- I did note I like the guitar. This is the song from this album where the lyrics, it's objectively hilarious when he sings, mm-hmm. uh, friends, check, money, check, well slept, check, opposite sex, check, guitar, check, microphone, check, messages waiting for me when I come home, check. Right, exactly. And But it's like, duh, check, opposite sex, check. Right, and so, but like the guitar, I like on it, and then also too, like the uh, you know just the rhythm of the song, I enjoy. So that's one of my uh, takes on that. Um, oh, there was one song I forgot to mention on Room for Squares that I really enjoy. Um, hold on, it is, um, not myself. Mm. That one I really really like. I forgot to mention. It's one of those hidden ones that didn't really get commercially Deep successful. Cuts. But yeah, but it was. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, that one is it's about like, not feeling yourself, right? Right. Well, you s- it's like some yeah, when I'm will you still love me like when I'm not myself? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think that's cool. It's because like, you know, we're not perfect. We have little quirks and yeah, uh, I'm cranky most of the time, <laughs> but <laughs> but when I'm not, um, you know, it's like, "Hey, will you will you still accept me on my bad days?" Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's a good song. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, as I'm looking through something's missing, I just remembered something I I thought as as I listened through his whole catalog. He has a lot of songs where he's like, "Oh, poor me! How could anybody ever love me? I'm broken." <laughs> it's the most pitiful, fucked up, like like pick me shit of all time. He mentions that in the Oxford interview too, where he says he talks about um. He says he's humble, and he's like, hey, you know, every time I'm playing my guitar and I'm playing, I'm like, what? Me? Really? Me? Like, you guys... You're fucking John You Mayer. like this? It's like, dude... <laughs> exactly. As Joe said. Like, dude, you're John Mayer. Like, at what... I wonder at what point in his career he realized, dude, I could fuck anything I wanted. So... I'm it, John fucking Mayer. In the Oxford interview, he does say he's arrogant, too. But... So this is one of the things I texted you guys. Like, some of these songs, like, come back to bed or whatever. Like, don't you just picture him sitting there, like, you know, thinking of the lyrics in his head, and he's like, oh, man, I'm totally going to get laid because of this song. She's like half draped over his naked body, just like, yes, this is going to do it for me. It's just too... He's just thinking, he's like, much. he's like, oh, this is too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I would have a little more respect for him if he just fucking leaned into it. He's like, well, yeah. He di- so he did... Uh, a little bit. Yeah, he did. We'll, we'll get into it. It's like kind of around this, this album. album and the next album. Uh, that's when he starts dating Jessica Simpson right, and, right. s- and then described banging her. And I think it was Playboy and said it was like sexual napalm. Yeah. And so he's, he said like fucking this girl would is basically my crack cocaine. Yeah. Like, it would say. like th- it's so good that essentially give up everything you've ever known and just commit to that. 
and I think with him, I think he's like one of those things where like you're so s- smart and gifted in some areas that you lack like the social awareness, awareness of yeah. and like like he's just like oh like I'm the best like of course I can say this I'm John Mayer or whatever and then like just lacking the awareness like oh you probably shouldn't say that to you know TMZ or, or uh, Rolling Stone or whatever the interview was Playboy Playboy yeah well I think also too immaturity like that's something a high, oh, no, that's something like. A freshman in college does. Well, yeah, he was. I mean, he was in his when uh, 20s, yeah. his 20s when yeah. the, when Room for Squares and I think he was in his 20s for his first three or four albums. Well, he was 32 in 2009. So take for take oh, okay. that what for what it is. Okay, but at the same time, I can kind of sympathize a little bit because if I had the fame that he has, and he said there was a point in my career where I felt like literally anything I made, everyone loved, was I would just make a song and it was just boom, hit after hit, and everything I made turned into gold. You give that to like a early twenties guy, and then boom, he's banging Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jessica Simpson. You're you're so caught up in everything that you're just like, yeah, I could say this. Yeah, like, and we'll we'll get into that after Continuum, and then uh, battle battle studies battle, battle studies, studies. in between battle studies and um, born and raised. That's kind of when he like he realized that he was like, oh, maybe I am a douche. Oh well. I'm glad you brought that up because that's I'm gonna probably have differing opinions from you guys going there. So good. Yeah. Um. I just want to say a couple things. He did an interview with Playboy and he said those things about Jessica Simpson. When you're doing an interview with Playboy, you're gonna kind of embellish things in the raunchy side. So, yeah, I think it, so it does feel a little bit natural, not natural, but like um, fitting that he might embellish a little bit there. Okay. Um, well, and certainly, I, I would I would say he probably regrets that. Okay, well, while we're doing this, while he was doing that same interview, didn't he call his he called his penis a white supremacist or whatever? Like, oh no, you have Sweet. to you have to know not yeah, to say stop. that. I mean, right. stop. I mean, I get it. If he was having uh, an interview with AARP magazine, it might be a little bit different, <laughs> exactly. Or Reader's Digest. However, yeah, I, I understand to a certain extent. The sexual napalm one is a pretty good line, though. I will admit that. Also, since when does Playboy have articles? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a not a subscriber. I've never subscribed or ever read a Playboy yeah, we, because I wasn't born in 1953. <laughs> We're a little bit too young to be part of the Playboy crowd. But that it was just a joke. Like, yeah. Have you heard the joke where it's like I read it for the articles? No, that was like a thing back when Playboy was popular. Yeah. People would say like, "Oh, I read it for the articles." Right. I'm sure that would have landed in like '85, but. <laughs> Um, <laughs> now there's right. the internet and it's like oh i can see a zebra banging up <laughs> jennifer love hewitt right exactly <laughs> next with yeah. ai who knows what's next continue before we get into continuum here i got my my jokes uh john mayer is the type of guy to collect expensive watches and still wear a casio <laughs> oh my god absolutely and then john mayer is the type of guy to call himself america's ex-boyfriend <laughs> that's true though yeah yeah uh, yeah that's good all right, right continuum. so let me scroll back in my notes here. Okay, so Continuum comes out in 2006. This album, my favorite album of his, it's same. It's a lot more 100%. S- okay, we're all in here. Yeah. It's a lot more soulful and, and kind of bluesy. Yeah. There's some slow ballad, so- sad songs, uh, but they just, the way they're produced, they just like, it's like, whoa, like you just get hit in the mm-hmm. face. It's like, this is amazing. So you guys want to, let's get into... The the opening song in this album is "Waiting on the World to Change," probably the worst song on the album, but the most com- but the most I guess like popular, but I think worst song. On the album. Oh, 100%. I, I like this song. You guys are haters. I think it's not bad, but I think it's the worst. I mean, you have just masterpieces up and down. I think 
yeah, maybe it was the most commercially friendly, but I just think it's the worst one. Yeah, go hug a tree or something, dude. <laughs> oh, see, you're, you're just being a prick. This is a good song. <laughs> Me and all my friends. Oh god, it's just like it, it's it even like you don't, you don't feel powerless sometimes about trying to make changes. Obviously, but like it's just the the beat is annoying. the The way he sings is annoying on this song. the The message is like it almost feels like like a a, a term people use about uh, left wingers is lipstick liberals, where like th- this feels like half heart. Like he's he makes a song about wanting to change the world. But it doesn't feel like he's ever really like had a, a greater opinion on the matter, and he just kind of throws this one in as like, "Oh, let's like let's make this a uh, an upbeat, change the world song," and then just moves on. Oh, you're a hater. This is a good song. Uh, anyways, I um, mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, John Mayer's never volunteered at a soup kitchen. Maybe he has with a bunch of cameras around, but he's done a lot of philanthropy work with veterans and uh, other groups. Okay, but you know. Nitty gritty stuff. Anyways, um, but yeah, there's some cool tracks on this album. Everything after "Waiting on the World to Change" is pretty well, nice. Yeah, honestly. let's go. This, this. I think this one. Let's go track by track here. So yeah, this is the best one. "Waiting on the World" is to change track number one, and then "I Don't Trust Myself with Loving You" is number two here. Cool guitar open. It's got that. Yep. Womp, womp, yep. womp, womp. Uh, that a little bit slower, a little bit softer. Um, it's got a, the funky bass. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, Bottom tier, in my opinion, on songs, but still good. Douchey title. So this this was another one where I noted the lyrics down where I, I don't even think this is kind of douchey, but it is John Mayer actually has some self-awareness here where he's like, I will beg my way into your garden and then I'll break my way out when it rains just to get back to the place where I started so I can want you back all over again. And I feel like that's the type of guy that, you know, he is like he w- he would do that. And uh, but it works in the song. Like, it's a good song. Yeah, fair enough. I just. Ugh. Anyways, um, anything else there? No, uh, we can go to the next next track. Belief. Yeah, not a bad one. Um, it's kind of similar to Waiting on the World to Change, I think, with the message and the theme. Um, it's got not one of my favorites. Yeah, I like the electric guitar in it, though. Mm-hmm. I do like when he pops that in now and then. He doesn't do it all the time, but on this album, he starts doing it a little bit more. Um, and it adds a little something else to the, the music that I like. Yeah, and he set, like, he'll let some of the notes ring. Yeah. Um, like he'll do, like, a do 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 do. Yes. Like, I really like when he does that, too. He really gets into that on uh, not the next album, but the, the following two. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, After Belief is Gravity. One of his best songs, for sure. One of the just super cool guitar. Um, this is definitely like that bluesy, bluesy vibe that I like about I it. I get a real strong like Clapton vibe from this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like that that bluesy picking away, uh, and I I think he's master. This is his master class on the vocals here. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, something about like that stripped back music um, with like the really intonated voice kind of does it for me, and that's what this is one hundred percent. Yeah, and lyrically a song, you know, about trying to make sure you stay grounded and, and uh, love yourself, even though there's other things trying to pull you down. Right. Uh, so next up, The Heart of Life. Not my favorite on this one, but still decent. Towards the end of the song, there's like this kind of like key change that I really like. That's all I got to say about it. I like it. Yeah, good enough. Middle of the pack here. Vultures. This is one of my favorite songs off the album. I don't know. Do you guys, yeah. How do you guys oh, feel about oh, this yeah. one? I, I, think, I think it's... Uh, 
it's cool. It's got a, a you know, do, 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 do. I I like the I like the it, it's it's that's got the bluesiness that I like about it. Yeah, one of my it's actually one of my favorite John Mayer ones in general. Yeah, good track. Yeah, and then stop this train. Outstanding, Out, yeah. outstanding song. You can play it acoustically. Yeah, it, it, it's an it's an outstanding song. Lyrically, a song about like coping with getting older. I it's, I I don't know. I feel like it's pretty relatable too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Turn fifty eight. You'll renegotiate. Yeah. Don't stop this train. Yeah. Uh. So up next, one of his best songs, "Slow Dancing in a Burning Room," song about being in a relationship that you know is not going to end up working in the end, but you're still just kind of waiting for it to end. Awesome song. Awesome guitar playing. This and gravity. Yeah, no doubter here. Um, Bold is Love. This one, not one of my favorites. Love it. Love I love this it. one. It's a Hendrix cover, so it's a Jimi Hendrix song. He covers oh, I didn't it. I know that. Yeah, it's a Hendrix song. Um, and, yeah, I think I think he does a good job. Guitar playing is great. I was going to say, he does real justice to the, the Hendrix version of this song, too. Yes. Uh, Hendrix is kind of known for, like, like turning the turning the amps up a little bit and really like getting into every note and he doesn't shy away from it on this song. I really really like this song. Yeah, so then up next is Dreaming with a Broken Heart. One of my favorite like John Mayer lines is when he gets at the end of the song when he's like, "Do I have to fall asleep with roses in my hand?" Like I for I love that line. Right. The waking up is the hardest part. Uh yeah. This one's a little too like depressing John Mayer. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. Do you like this one, Joe? Yeah, this one's fine. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just this is not like my favorite kind of music. It's hard to get a ton out of me here, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you guys like, are much more interested than I am here. Well, I just love the blues sound to it because what I like about John Mayer is you take this album, Room for Squares, and Born and Raised, and they're three different albums. This is a blues album. Um, Room for Squares is a soft rock coffee shop yeah. album and then born and raised is like the grateful dead and it's yeah. more folky so uh, what, what uh, this is my favorite i love blues music and i think when it comes to modern blues this is really the only good modern blues that i've heard of so far and there's I, other good blues but yeah i will give john mayer a lot of credit the way he changes up his sound like there's a couple there's an album too where i don't really like the sound that he has on the album but in terms of like it's kind. It's pretty drastic from album to album, and it, for the most part, like it works. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, we talked previously about Lincoln Park, where they get, they kind of get out of their sound and they get wildly out of their sound. John Mayer changes the the tune a little bit all all the time, kind of, but he doesn't really stray too far from his lane. Like he takes whatever he's doing and makes it his. Mm. He doesn't try to do like something completely different, which is really, really like a, a testament to his work. As a musician, at least. I think this is the one album that kind of sticks out as opposed to the other ones. The reason why I say that, it's got like, it's it's more bluesy, room for squares, soft rock. You can see that a little bit with heavier things, but then the next album, Battle Studies, goes back to like softer music. Then he gets all folky. And so this is the one album that really sticks out for me as it really encapsulates what I think John Mayer's the best at, and that's being like a bluesy, cool guitarist, kind of like a Clapton vibe. Yeah, 100% here. 
Yeah, I think this album is a perfect blend of like sound and, and the lyrics are really good too. Yeah, this is where he hits it right on the mark. Yeah, so closing out, I don't really have any notes on In Repair, I'm going to find another you. I don't know if you guys do. In Repair is great. Um, uh, except In Repair did have a, a really solid guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I like about it. And again, most of the things that I like about these John Mayer songs are how the guitar in it, because that's really what attracted me to his music. Yeah. Are we going to do the live album where the light is? Um, what we can talk about that at the end if you want, but we'll we'll keep yeah. going yep. chronologically here mm-hmm. before we get to the next album. Uh, John Mayer's the type of guy that has a pillow with his own face on it, <laughs> and monogrammed. John Mayer's the type of guy to say sorry and then do it again immediately. Oh, a million percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's the type who's like always writing songs about relationships, but will cheat on his girlfriend. <laughs> 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 All right, so. Uh, next album, Battle Studies, comes out in 2009. It still has some rock and blues elements, but overall, I feel like this album's a lot more poppy. Agreed. Yeah, not my favorite work here. This is, for me, this is my least favorite album. Yeah, same. This is towards the bottom. I think it had a lot of potential of good stuff. Talk about cross wor- Crossroads. That's a Clapton song. I feel like that was just like how he did a cover of Hendrix's Bold as Love on Continuum. This one, he ha- had an opportunity to have a song... The Crossroads is a jam, dude. Clapton, yeah, I love that. That was right? my favorite, maybe my favorite on the album. Right, but I think he could have done so much more with it. Yeah, 100%. Because you hear Clapton's version of Crossroads and other people, other blues guitarists playing Crossroads, and it, they jam. This is like watered-down studio. Like if a record company got and be like, hey, let's take this awesome classic blues rock hit and let's try to make it so we can put it on a radio in 2009. He really doesn't shy away from picking some of the greatest artists of, of his past and just saying, fuck it, I'll do it. Like, trying to cover Clapton, uh, that's a tough that's a tough hill to climb, man. But, yeah. Well, well it, was ri- it was written by a guy, I forget what his name was, in the 1930s, 40s. Yeah. Uh, Ro- I haven't noted here. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's the guy who allegedly sold his soul to the devil, and that's why he was so good. <laughs> I had it. Uh, blue song by Robert Johnson. Robert Pop- Johnson, yeah. yeah. There's a story about Robert Johnson because he was really the first one to really start playing blues music. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so he was kind of like the inventor of blues in a sense, and so since it was such a new, unique, different type of music, there was the legend that Robert Johnson sold uh, his soul to the devil so he can learn how to play blues. I feel like I've heard a song that's titled, like, Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil. Yeah, it's, it's like a mythology. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's awesome. I yeah. didn't know that. So, yeah. yeah, he's like kind of the founder of modern blues. And so it's like, man, where do you learn how to play that? Because when you think about it, so yeah, that's a cool little story. He wrote the song Clapton, I think Clapton, no, Cream, when yeah, he was yeah, a part yeah, of Cream. Cream, Cream popularized yeah. it. Right, when Cream, when Clapton was a part of Cream, he did it. A lot of distortion, classic Clapton. This, as I said before, it's like they tried to make it radio friendly for 2009. Yeah. I don't think that's what you do with the song. No, 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 no. I think this album as a whole, like it's it's more like slower tempo. It's just I don't know. It's this this is this the John Mayer sound that I'm not a big fan of. Yes, this is like Continuum was his peak, and then now he's getting he's trying to combine Continuum with Room for Squares, and it just doesn't fit. Yeah, this is another trend that I've been kind of tracking now too a little bit is when artists kind of have their like. It's hard to say when you're in the middle of it that you're having your biggest album you've ever had. But when Continuum comes out and it's such a huge success, it's hard to follow that up. 
Oh, so fun fact on Continuum. He went when they went to the label. His manager gave him Continuum or whatever, and the label guy like listened to him. He's like, "There's not one hit off this album." And he told <laughs> he told John Mayer to go back and like rework it. And John Mayer's like, "No, fuck you. Like this album's good." And then of course it's you know it's his yeah, most it's popular hit, album. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just funny like the guy at the label's like, "No, there's not one hit on here." It's like, dude, what? Because, and th- that's kind of such a reflection I have of of music. The stuff that's played on the radio. It's not that I'm. It's not that I'm like trying to be anti, but I think the stuff on the radio is just not good music for the most part. There are good things that make it to you know to the top of the charts that are poppy that I think are good. Ed Sheeran has a lot of good music that I'm like, yeah, that's good. I get why people like that. Um, but a lot of the pop music, I think, is just if you like it, that's great. But I think there's just so much better music to be listening to, and I think Continuum, that story that you shared about Continuum, is a representation of that. The record company looks at this and goes, we can't sell any of this because it can't make the radio. And that's the lens that he's looking at it from. Where John Mayer says, what are you talking about? This is wonderfully crafted music. Yeah, I think some one thing with record labels and radio guys like A&R men is pop music kind of always falls back into the same few tropes. Like They can sell it, too. It, it, it's very repetitive uh, from probably, let's call it the 90s through now. Uh it, it's not all the same music, but it has the same themes, uh, the same kind of beats. You know, it's, it's not creative necessarily. So when you're breaking the mold, and, and I would say that Continuum is a break the mold album, yeah, I could see where an AR man would say, I don't know about this. I think you make a really good point about how it kind of, like the 90s was a spot where I think pop, and again, this is all just my opinion, I think in the 90s pop music really started to turn garbagey not saying that all pop songs in the 80s were like masterpieces but you look at stuff made by tears for fears like everyone wants to rule the world and how like you could go in the 1980s and mayor mentions this in the oxford speech you can go back into the 1980s open up the billboard top 100 from any week in the 1980s and in the top 10 see absolute masterpieces by genesis the police tears for fears like a lot of right 52 yes Like Duran Duran, a lot of these songs that are like at number one, at number two, sustainable, there for a while, being played on the radio. And it's like, yeah, this is a really good piece of music. I don't think you can say the same today. Fleetwood Mac. Mm. Yeah, it's more 70s. Yeah. So getting back to battle stories, uh, uh, before we get into, or I want to go through like top songs we can each talk about, but I think this is one of the worst names for like an album. Oh my God. That was the other thing I was going to touch on. Of all time, like battle studies. And it's just about like, it's all these different like love songs. It's heartbreak warfare, which is a super like kind of like poppy song. I, I, it's kind of catchy, but I, it's one of those songs where like it comes on and I'm like, okay, I can dig this. And then I get mad at myself for like digging it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, dude acts like he's being tortured just hooking up and, and dating all these beautiful women well so the other note i a question i wanted to post you guys is when you can make so many different songs about being in love with someone and then not being in love with them and then having you know emotions about wanting them back or not wanting them back or whatever like i i just it's crazy how one person can make so many songs all about in the same vein oh all about like heartbreak yeah. And all about just relationships. Being it like, yeah, relationships in general like is the broader theme. Yeah, I get it. I guess, you know, not everyone's the Beatles that can, you know, write about a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> and have it be hits. I but mean, fuck, he's yeah. also got a lot of material to go back on, you know? Like, when you're in that many relationships in, in let's call it 2001 through 2009, especially high-profile shit, 
You got some ammo. Yeah. This album is... (laughs) This album is... When John Mayer made this, his creative starting point was, I want to make an album that can be played on loop at a Macy's. Oh, oh, I wanted to say that about... yeah. This is department store music where, (laughs) you know... This is department store music. All of these songs are in the background at a department This is store. exactly what you hear right before the lady at Kohl's comes on and tells you you have 30 minutes left to shop. Yes, half of my harp. Yes, love it. Half of my heart with Taylor Swift. John Mayer and Taylor <laughs> Swift. So let's let's talk about that one. So at this time, John Mayer's 32. 32. Taylor Swift is 19. Easy Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, right. Yeah, that's... Uh, and then she ended up making the song Dear John, which is obviously about him, you know, grooming her or whatever. Definitely big, big creep vibes. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that's unfair to say. Um, Yeah, that's. uh, No thanks. Yeah, that's a little rough. That's a rough spot. Yeah, there's rumors on her latest album. She had uh, a song about it too. But as someone who's not necessarily a Taylor Swift aficionado, I'll I'll back off. One one of my least favorite songs from John Mayer on this album, Assassins. That's a terrible song. I'd yeah. steal your heart before you ever heard a thing. I'm an assassin. I had a job to do, you know, about a man who's a heartbreaker and a womanizer who falls in love with a woman who's the same way. I, I despise that song. The, even from the intro, the do, 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 do. it sounds like it should be. It sounds like the intro to like a game show. You know how one Jeopardy has the categories on the board. Do, 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 do. That's what this starts <laughs> off with. It starts off with introducing the categories on Jeopardy. Uh, I guess my question for you guys: What do we take away from this album? What songs do we take away? Oh, wait, hold on, I, I one more. Uh, let me get this oh, dig in. Yeah, the song "Do You Know Me." My note was: This song sounds like a much shittier version of "You're Beautiful" by James Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Kroger brand. Uh. Uh, but yeah, okay. So in terms of s- songs that are actually decent, um, oh, let's see. I kind of like Friends, Lovers, or Nothing. It's probably douchey. But oh, I, I actually I did like that one too. Yeah, it just had like a sweet beat to it. Kind of liked it. Perfectly lonely. I liked. Bad. I do like Half of My Heart. That's the one with Taylor Swift. Oh. If Taylor Swift wasn't on it, I can maybe consider it. I will. She's say, on it for like five seconds. I will say Still. I I don't love it, but I am kind of a sucker for. I love when bands or artists do the thing where they go back and forth between the man and the woman on the mic there is something kind of nice about that uh even though i'm not a huge fan of the song it adds something to it it like, brings it up from low to like medium low like dreams yeah dreams yeah yeah absolutely Nicks. absolutely yeah i i don't have any other notes on this do you have any other songs that you really liked mike i think the only thing to take away from this album is perfectly lonely okay so Oh, let me do my jokes, and then we'll get into uh, Born and Raised here. Sorry, i got to scroll to the end of the notes. Uh, John Mayer's the type of guy to wear a necklace with his own name on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or just initials. Maybe in, like, a heart mo- uh, little pendant. I feel, yeah, John Mayer's the type of guy that wears bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> String bracelets. Not like not like nice bracelets. You, you guys don't wear bracelets, do you? No. Okay, okay good. <laughs> just wanted All to make right. sure you weren't 12. <laughs> Mike is the type of guy to wear a fighting. I did in high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, in high school. Yeah, dude, that was the thing. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. You know the, the uh, necklaces baseball players wear? 
it was like the rope necklace. Oh, remember? Yeah. I was 15. I think I got that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was just. <laughs> I'm not rocking them now. I knew adults <laughs> who wore them, and I'm like, easy, son. I feel like uh, our buddy Kevin is the kind of guy who might still pop one on. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, softball game. Yeah. Rips back. Yeah. Rips back a casual 12 beers before a game. Throws got- on a fight in, in an Evo Shield <laughs> arm sleeve. <laughs> continues to just like consistently hit doubles. Yeah. <laughs> Stand up doubles. Or, like, he strikes me as the – have you ever seen the South Park episode where they're playing Little League baseball and uh, and Randy just keeps getting into fights with all the parents? <laughs> he, he strikes me as that kind of guy. Just drinking beer at the Little League game. Dude, Kevin's going to be a great Little League coach one day. Oh, <laughs> yes. Get uh, down on it, asshole. <laughs> uh, all right. Never all right, born and raised. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's, let's set the stage here. So – uh, all the stuff with Playboy happens, I think it's 2010. Yeah. So that's when he gets a bunch of backlash for everything that he was saying there. So he ends up moving from L.A. to Montana, and then uh, he, he records Born and Raised, comes out in 2012. It's kind of a – has, like, a folky, like – it's, like, a mix in between, like, country and rock, but there's, like, some folkiness to it. It's very – it's it's not my favorite sounding album, but it is very different. I can see how people would really like it. I do. Um, one thing to note here, he did he moved away. Uh, he talks about crediting some of the uh, sounds on this album to listening to a lot of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Bob Dylan, um, and some of, some of those all the older kind of like uh, I don't want to call them country, but maybe bluesy country artists from like the '60s, '70s folk. Yeah, folk. I yeah. think folk is the best way to yeah, describe it. For sure. Um I I also noticed as I was going through it almost kind of sounded like the Eagles a little bit in some songs. Hmm. The Eagles do have definitely folk vibes. Um he does he does a really cool job of letting the notes hang through this album that I kind of like. He's got long kind of like like tuning sad notes kind of going throughout like old country songs. I kind of like that. He also got uh, Don from the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan to help produce this. Oh damn, that's <laughs> I mean that's a that's a list right there. Um, I I think the first track on this song is maybe the first one where I was like, yeah, this is an amazing tone setter. Queen of California. Queen of California is an awesome way to start this album. Uh, it it just really sets the tone of what this album's going to sound like. It's a good folky kind of country song. Um, I. That's one of my favorite songs by John or John Mayer. Yeah, so you and I are flip flopped here in terms of like uh, this sound is not my favorite. Okay, but okay. Again, I d- I wouldn't hate anyone for enjoying like really liking this song. Yeah, I gotcha. Shadow Days kind of falls into the same category there. It's a so little bit, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say Shadow Days. This is like as close of an apology as you're gonna get from John Mayer, saying like yeah, it's a it's a song about like self forgiveness and healing. It's not, <laughs> not an apology, but. You know, you get this far into your catalog, you got to throw one in at some point. He's admitting that perhaps there could be wrong because he has to forgive himself for things and, and heal or whatever. But he's not going to say he's sorry for anything. I'm sorry I haven't forgiven myself sooner. Although I, people are going to roast me for that because he did. I mean, he did uh, on like radio and stuff. He apologized a billion times, but like in his music. Yeah, I saw a video where he says he's a recovering ego addict. <laughs> right. Hey, at least he's admitting it. Uh, I do want to say the album artwork on this looks like artwork that would be in my grandmother's house. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I think the real masterpiece on this one is something like Olivia. 
And I think what I like about yeah. it is it can That's be blues, it can be bluesy like it is on the album with that bluesy guitar to it. Yep. Or he's got an acoustic version of it. I think he produced it on an EP. Okay. And it works acoustically just as well as it does bluesy. That's what I like. So do you guys know that song's actually about his celebrity crush, Olivia Wilde? Whoa, no, I didn't. This yeah. song's about me. <laughs> it is Olivia. <laughs> so they they never dated or anything, but he's a, it was one of his like celebrity crushes. Oh jeez. That 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 takes it down a notch for me, honestly. Didn't he date Jennifer Aniston too? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, dude. I mean, this guy's you look at his his re- roster is dude, incredible. His, his resume. He's got an all-star team. Bro, his he probably I think he's got the best resume. I I can think of. I mean, who, in term, who, 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 in, in I terms, mean, he's got in terms of all stars and, and and longevity, he's right up there. He, I mean, he's got names on that list. Jennifer Aniston alone is like boom. I mean, you're in a category with like Brad Pitt. Yeah, but he but he's John Mayer. I think like Pete Davidson is more impressive because he's Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he listen. Looks, he looks like a bridge troll. Listen, Pete Davidson might have a, a higher peak. But John Mayer's longevity brings him way. It's like, um, what's a good sports analogy here? This is like, like you remember Javid Best for the Lions? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he got turf toe. Yeah, awesome speedster. Really killed it for like five minutes for the Lions. Didn't make it for the career. John Mayer is like he's like Adrian Peterson. Yeah, like Adrian yeah, Peterson. Dude, dude. You could probably still put him on a shit team and he'd fucking pick up 50, 60 yards a game. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a good third. John Mayer's going to be 65 dating like uh, like uh, who's the chicken in um, Last of Us right now? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like he'll be he'll be a fucking Hugh Hefner motherfucker. I mean, uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm just talking about his resume right now. It's pretty good. But anyway, going going back to the album here, uh, yeah, something like Livia's good. Born and Raised, this is one of my favorite songs off the album and just in general. You know, just realizing you're not a young dreamer anymore, like you're you're getting old and uh it's also I think this song has some elements of like his parents divorcing and how it affected him. So yeah. it, it also has in, in this album and the next one, there's a lot of like harmonica like woven throughout I the album. I love that. I, I do like the harmonica. That's the Bob Dylan coming through. Yeah. He does that in a face to call home as well, I think. Uh, I like mixing that in. Yeah, I I like uh, a face to call home too. That was another good one off this album. Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey is one of my favorites Agreed. on this album. It's kind of like it's not super complicated or like there's nothing super special about that song. It's just a nice like comforting song to me. Yeah, that that one has a harmonic in it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this, this album's pretty cool. This album you could also play at a coffee shop. A different kind of coffee shop. Not the same coffee shop you played uh, Room for Squares at. You play this. Here we go. You play this album at a coffee shop in, like, St. Clair Shores. Yes. You play this at, like, a uh, hipster, like a vegan coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Room for Squares uh, is, like, almost like a like a Starbucks coffee Rochester. shop. Rochester. I'm thinking, like, Desert Oasis, like, pretty basic standard middle of the road coffee shop they're playing Th- that's room for squares right that's room for squares oh, okay yeah. this is something a little bit more yeah the building's like half falling apart C- can i do a, a quick uh story time real quick yeah we, we story went, time we were in grand rapids one day and uh i don't remember the name of this but we were getting coffee in the morning right and this was like the most hipster coffee shop i've ever been in you, you've probably been there before i don't know the name of it but no free ads is it's it? like the interior is like all white there's like a, a a bar or whatever with like bar stools and then a couple tables on the on the right hand side. We go in, 
they're they're blasting Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid Mad City, like the explicit version, like super loud. So it's like which is really weird for a coffee shop, right? So you're hearing like mad literally like Mad City. Okay. Sitting down on the table to the right, there's this guy who's no less than sixty wearing a suit looks like he's been on a bender all night hair slicked back or whatever <laughs> like he's i don't know what he was on but he's on some kind of some kind of drugs yeah, yeah. he's with his i'm presuming it's his mom who's like 98 or whatever and like clearly wasn't out partying with him or and i was just like it was the weirdest like vibe i've ever gotten from a coffee oh. shop <laughs> oh yeah there's only certain coffee shops i go into man that is odd that's not yeah, that's an eclectic group of people. I'm also not a coffee snob, though. Like, I'll, I'm happy to drink anybody's coffee black and just go on my day. So, not a lot of coffee shop experience here. So, get back into it. Yeah. Do, do you guys have anything more on Born and Raised, or do you want to get into Paradise Valley? No, I don't think so. I got nothing else. Okay. Uh, one quick thing, too. He also had, around this time, surgery on his throat. Yeah, I saw that. He had, uh, not lymph nodes, but something along those lines. It was in his vocal cords. It was something where he had to get... Like, the first doctor didn't know what it was, and he ended up having to get, like, Botox injected into his throat Ooh. to help the whatever it was heal. Yeah, I read something about this. Um. And what what was interesting what, what was interesting after that is he said, like, because after that, he couldn't, like, sing and, and play guitar for, like, a yeah. little bit. And he said that was, like, the first time in his life where he's kind of been, like, without the music, and it allowed him to kind of see, like, all right, like, I've kind of been... Uh, a jerk the last couple of years or whatever. Like I need to kind of turn things around, and that was like around the time of this album. So, I I don't know, just kind of cool, cool little fact there. Yeah, yeah good for him. That's got to be devastating, man. When your whole career is based on your voice, and now you got like little stones in your throat or something. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. But I mean, he's had enough success success before Paradise Valley where he would have been fine. So. Yeah. So Paradise Valley comes out in 2013. Uh, it still kind of has a, a folky vibe, although yeah. it's not as folky as Born and Raised. Yeah, there's a lot of similar songs to the last album here. And I I like this album. I think there's there's quite a few songs that are really good on here. Yeah, I do too. This is one of one of my more, uh, the albums I like more. Uh, Wildfire, again, same thing. Great way to start off the album. It doesn't really set a great tone because of what we just talked about, where they do a little, little bit of like back and forth with what this so- album sounds like. But I really, really like Wildfire. I like the music more than the lyrics, but yeah, it's a really good song. Yep. The next song, Dear Marie, uh, this is the one where I noted down the lyrics from the song where he's like, uh, what do you think when you see me in a magazine? Yeah, I've got that dream, but you got yourself a family. Like, just again, like, what do you think when you see me in a magazine? Like, I go looking for your photograph online. Some county judge in Ohio is all I'll ever find. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. That that sounds a little, nah. I could be wrong though. I've never really big a big fan of like the Crosby, Stills, Nash, Bob Dylan, and folksy sound. Uh, I'm just kind of indifferent to it. I, I'm not. I don't love it. And so that's why these past two albums of Mayor, Paradise Valley, and Born and Raised, they're okay, but I, I just can't get into them. I think maybe that's where I differ because as I think about it, you, you've you've kind of uh, put it in a way I can I can distill. I'm a big fan of the Eagles, and the Eagles kind of built on those guys. Um, and some of this stuff in this album, and the last, is more like that. And so I think that's where I get drawn to these albums more than some of the other stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all on that. 
Yeah, there's there's some well-written songs here. Waiting on the Day, good song about wanting someone who will always be there for you. Um, Who You Love, he was dating Car- Katy Perry at the time. Uh, so it's more of a yeah. radio song, but it's still a good song. He dated K- Katy Perry on and off for like three years. Yeah. Uh, Paper Doll, people speculate, is a response to Taylor Swift's Dear John. Uh, yeah, I still like the song. Might be one of the softest like diss songs of oh, all time. Oh, if it's a diss song, it's paper soft, Charmin soft. <laughs> um, he does a cover of a Leonard Skinner song in this album, "Call Me the Breeze." It's not good. So oh, I I like it. I think it sounds. It's ha- got some jazzy undertones. That sound really good. Have you heard the original version, or at least the Leonard Skinner version? Probably not. The Leonard Skinner version is loud, very upbeat. Um. Kind of really like fast paced, and he took all of that out of this cover. Um, it it kind of fits John Mayer, I guess, but it's just it's not something I can get behind, knowing what the original sounds like. Um, sorry, go ahead if you got anything on that. Nope. Uh, Wildfire with Frank Ocean, a, a weird kind of mix here. Not a big fan, but they they did that. Um, and it's kind of cool to see he's getting these like these big features on the album. Uh, there's something there, but I don't think that uh, that's kind of an outlier even for John Mayer. Yeah, I don't. He was in that Oxford interview. He was saying like he doesn't really like to work with other people because his process is so different. And a lot of the times they just don't get it. He's like, I've had times before where someone's like, oh, I'll go finish the song at home. He's like, what? You like, I know that like. If you don't want to work like with me, that's fine. But yeah, I, 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 I think that might be one of the most like strange songs in his whole discography. Honestly, like it doesn't. Wildfire. Yeah, it doesn't really fit anything else he's done. Well, At least it doesn't feel like it. He's not even on the song, isn't it? Just Frank Ocean, and it's only a ninety-second song, right? Yeah, it's a short song for sure. I don't know if it's ninety seconds or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's ninety seconds. Um, again, just weird. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, on the way home is a nice track to finish it out. Uh, kind of back to that that folky bluesy vibe. I like that one on the way out, but yeah, I like Badge and Gun too. Uh, I don't think I really have anything else to add to this album, Mike. Anything? Not really. As uh, as mentioned before, I I just I really can't get into this album because I really don't like that type of music. Fair enough. Okay. Well, we can go from there into the search for everything. So this album comes out in 2017. It's got a little bit of a poppier feeling, but not like uh, battle yeah, stories. He doesn't overdo it. This is a it's a loose concept album on the emotions and thoughts of of dealing with the breakup. This is only like concept album to date. Yeah, that's all fine. Uh, well, I think I feel like um, the next one is a little bit like a concept album too. It's not technically, but feels a little bit like it um the the art cover for this album is unreal i cannot believe he chose this well i can i can believe it it's john i can but holy shit what a fucking loser it's just a like a hand-drawn picture of him with like sketches of dream catchers or like fractals in the background and he's got something around his head i can't tell it's like a piece of string or something yeah, there's a lot of like white girl vibes. Oh here. my god, this there's is a lot of this is a very like 
college white girl songs. The, I could see this on a on a tapestry in in every dorm room right. from from here to fucking L.A., dude. I still feel like your man. I think is a quintessential song that represents like that vibe, that energy. Uh, Love on the weekend, and then also too. I remember when this album first came out in you know 2017. In the Blood was actually being played on country radio stations. Whoa. So they were trying out playing In the Blood on mm. country radio. And a lot of people were like, dude, why are you playing John Mayer on country radio? And, <laughs> I, and I agree with that. I, I agree with that point. However, another a, a radio DJ made the point. He goes, if you didn't know the song was by John Mayer, let's say it was by, I don't know, just pick a new artist yeah. out of Nashville. Morgan Wallen. Not Morgan Wallen would never make that. Um, but... If he was not John Mayer, he was just a regular artist out of Nashville, they would say, put him on the country station. That, that song would do best on a country station as opposed to like 955 or like... Yeah, pop station. Right, as opposed to a pop station. I get it. I get it. But I just thought that was an interesting point that they really... Or I thought it was an interesting thing that they tried John Mayer on country radio. And I think that has more to say about where country radio has gone than it has to say about where John Mayer has gone. That song specifically, I, I really like that song. You know, it's about, you know, what are you going to keep from your parents? You know, some of the, like, bad traits or whatever. It's a really one of his more personal and introspective songs. Yeah, I like the song, too. And I, I want to touch a bit further on what Mike said about artists changing genres. Not, I don't want to say the song is changing genres entirely, but it's being uh, displayed as changing genres. I really struggle when I listen to an artist I, I want what they make best, and it, it's hard for me to see an artist doing something almost completely different. So, like, I could absolutely see myself being pissed off if I was a John or a country fan hearing John Mayer on the country station being like, what the fuck is he doing here? Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, Zach Brown Band, country band. They did a rock album. It's it's a nice album. I don't like it. I, ca- I can't get my – I can't wrap my brain around it. Can I pause you there one second? Yeah. One of the members of Zach Brown Band, I think his name's like Zach Cook or whatever, was roommates with John Mayer in Atlanta and helped co-write and work on some of the songs on Room for Squares. Oh, that's kind of sick. So one of oh, the members, nice. yeah. So because they they were in Georgia together, so one of the members of Zach Brown Band, I think his name is like Zach Cook, something like that. But they they did uh, some stuff together, and they, I think they were roommates actually. Okay, they, they that's were pretty boys. Sick. Um, also, speaking of Zach Brown Band, I think. Some of the music that they've come, I used to, I used to be the biggest Zach Brown Band fan. <laughs> then after Uncaged, I thought, like they were just lost. Was that the rock album? Uncaged had, no, not really. But I think Zach Brown Band. I think it's it's sad what's kind of happened to a lot of their music. That was just a quick side. Yeah, let's uh, get back on track here yeah. for for John Mayer. So I still feel like your man the. Op- opening track on the album this this song is alleged to be about Katy perry still like i you said mm-hmm. they're you know off and on for a couple of years yes i saw that too yeah and this one uh had a you know one of the lyrics that's very john mayer-ish where it's like the prettiest girl in the room i know she wants me but i can't because i still feel like you man oh, uh, let it go dude she's dating uh uh Orlando Bloom now. I mean, not a great step up from John Mayer, but to each throne, I guess. John Mayer had uh, an interview with a DJ, and he was talking about like how how he wrote this album and how he got to this, and he gives the most douchey story ever. He says, he goes, yeah, when I was writing this album, I was thinking about this story, how there's this dog that would 
like he went to Japan or something. This dog every day would wait for their owner at the train station. And so every day the dog went to the train station, waited for the owner. The owner showed up from work or whatever. And, you know, there's that. And he's like, then one day the guy died and the dog every day still shows up to this train station. He goes, I feel like that dog. Oh, I kind of like that. I don't know, it's just the, that's just the type of guy he is. I mean, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I, I get it. It's just like, a little like yeah, a little cringe for me. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I, I get how you can see that. So then second song on the album is Emoji of a Wave, where it's, you know, a song about being broken up, but being sad that you're broken up and still having feelings for for the, the other person weird ass song title dude it's 2017 so he's probably like 38 39 at this point well so the story behind it is uh one of the girls he was dating i don't know he didn't say who or oh, whatever. Was it like another 19 year old nice no but one of the girls he was dating they they broke up and still had feelings for each other and then every now and then like she would text him the emoji of a wave like still alive still kicking or whatever and i don't know okay it's, it's okay cool. i didn't know that yeah it's, that's it's, a little it's, bit it's better. personal yeah okay i can I'll step off that take. Bad take. <laughs> um, yeah, there there are. I like most of the songs on this album. There are a couple songs that I I don't like. Just musically, I just don't like like changing. I really don't like that one. I didn't like the uh, the next one either. Theme from the search of every the yeah, search for ins- everything instrumental. Yeah, it's just not for me. I uh, kind of like Rosie. Uh, no, I didn't like that one. But yeah, not a whole lot for me here. Yeah, I don't know. I like Never on the Day You Leave, Roll It On Home, You're Going to Live Forever in Me. Uh, they're all right for yep. me. All right, boys, anything else here? No, I, I really just don't really like this album. Yeah, same. So most recent album, Sob Rock, comes out in 2021. It's more rock, softer rock, bluesy again. There's more of that electric guitar from time to time. I, I really like this album. I do, too. It reminded me a lot of, like, 80s vibe. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Last train home, I feel like could have I, come out in nineteen eighty five and dude, been a hit too. My note on last train home here, just so Joe's knows, I'm not lying, is that it should be in an eighties like rom com or like a movie of like high schoolers trying to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely had that. Like, I'm not gonna go as far to. I, I mentioned Duran Duran earlier, but it had like elements of that kind of eighties pop rock to it. I like that. 100% the guitar is shredding on it. Yes, he does an awesome job on guitar on this album. Uh, honestly, some of his best work on guitar, in my opinion. Um, Let's see here. He he leads off of the banger, kind of. Last Ray Holmes is a really, really good song. Yep. Shouldn't matter, but it does. It's kind of cheesy. It's slower. It's not one of my favorites. New Light, this was like the, the radio hit. I, I like this one. It's kind of catchy. <sighs> never buy it it just didn't make it just doesn't make sense to me no it's like uh just give me a chance let me let me take you out or whatever not and you the can lyrics see oh the music i, I gotcha. just i just I wasn't for it. you no why you know love me another terrible terrible song choice or song name so this song is one of the songs that i really like and i don't like that i like it because he has like the baby <laughs> talk where he's like why you know love oh. me oh god it's gross but yeah, I mean the music aside from the the, na- the name. The music's the music's really it's good. It's fine, I guess. <laughs> I really like Wild Blue. There's some really yeah. good guitar in that yes, one. Yes, 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 yes. Wait, right back. That's the that's the essence of the album here. Uh, I really like Shot in the Dark too. It's like glass half full kind of mm-hmm. song, but the music in it's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um I don't know how much else I have here. Um 
this is kind of a middle of the pack album for me, honestly. Um, like like we said, eighties poppy vibe, um, better instrumentals than maybe some of the previous albums. When I saw the album cover and when I first heard Last Train Home, I thought, good. This is John Mayer is going back to what I like about what he does. Yeah, I thought it was going to sound a lot more like heavier things. Or I thought it was going to sound like 80s kind of Tears for Fears-ish rock. Like mm-hmm. that that kind of style. Mm-hmm. And I think it came up short to my expectations. I was expecting one thing. I was expecting a lot more Last Train Homes. Yeah. I no. feel like I didn't really get that. I got you. I like the album cover. Um, it feels like very classic. Uh, we, I mean, we've we've talked about the kind of the old school feel of this album a little bit already, but that looks like another like '90s pop album cover. Just him kind of standing in a room, not scowling with but, the guitar. Yeah, like yeah. 1988. It looks like that album cover came out in 1988. Like this, this could be on like a movie poster for something like. Um, oh, what's ah, I'm forgetting the name of the movie right now. Never mind. But yeah, it feels like an '80s or a '90s like movie poster cover. Yeah. All right. So, do you got anything else on this album? I don't. All right. Before we get into the top 10 in album rankings, Mike, did you want to talk about that live album? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, he's got two live albums, Any Given Thursday and then Where the Light Is. Uh, Any Given Thursday, uh, I think, just covers heavier things and Room for Squares. So, And then he also does some good covers on it. He does a cover of Lenny, which is a Stevie Ray Vaughan song. Nice. And then he transitions into the song Man on the Side. I don't know if it was written by him, but I couldn't find it by anyone else. Gotcha. So I think it was a song he wrote. And I I like the song. I wish he would have recorded it. Um, but the transition from the Stevie Ray Vaughan, Lenny, which is a more you know, bluesy guitar song, into that was really cool he's also got message in a bottle covered by the police he does it a little acoustic which is it's not bad um but i like the police so that's a good song uh his set list oh he also has a song on it comfortable which he i don't think he recorded on any studio albums but he plays it live on a lot of his live albums it's very like room for squares it's okay it's it's right in between heavier things and room for squares, that vibe, which makes sense because that's when yeah. he, he, he played it live. But I, le- I really like it. So that's Any Given Thursday. Uh, then Where the Light Is, probably if I were to rank albums, including this one, I, I have in parentheses, this would be my number one album, uh, even though it's live. Yeah, so he, I, I, when you said, said talked about it, I did listen to it. It's pretty good. It's, it's hands down his best. Um, he does... Three songs, he does Neon, he does an acoustic version of Neon, he does Stop This Train, In Your Atmosphere. I don't think he recorded In Your Atmosphere. He does the song, acoustic, then at the end of the song, it's like he only wrote 30 seconds of a song, and then did that. So that's cool, Yeah. because you got to see like, oh, this is yeah. something he was just working on. Yeah. yeah. Three acoustics, then he um, goes into Daughters. Covers Free Fallen, which everyone loves that. That's also, his cover of Free Fallen is really good. It's got almost half a billion streams on Spotify. It's All right, I'll have to check that out. Oh, dude, it, you haven't heard it? It's no, worth a listen, no. yeah. Th- this is his best album. Okay, I'll have to check down. this out. Then after that, he goes into the John Mayer trio stuff. So he does, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, 
six. He does six John Mayer trio, bluesy, heavy electric, like total straight blues. Love it. Then he does uh, then he does Vultures, Bold as Love, Waiting on the World to Change, Slow Dancing in a Burning Room, Why Georgia, Heart of Life. Then goes back to another John Mayer trio song, I Don't Need No Doctor. Gravity, I Don't Trust Myself with Loving You, Belief, I'm Gonna Find Another You. Great set list. Mainly focuses on Continuum, one or two hits from Room for Squares, and then John Mayer trio stuff. So that's what I really like about it. I've... I've been to concerts before where I wasn't so excited and then was pleasantly surprised because the artist was a fantastic musician. And the the artist that's coming to mind right now is Keith Urban. Uh, I saw Keith Urban live a few years ago, and I was bitching at Patrick. I was like, dude, this guy just writes girly songs. I'm not really into this shit. I don't know why we're going to this fucking concert. And we got there, and the motherfucker shredded away on guitar. He did, he did like, Metallica cover. He He did all sorts of, like... Uh, ad-libbing on his own music with the guitar where he just like railed away and I think John Mayer falls into this category where if I saw him live or as I listen to his live stuff I may gain a greater appreciation because of his musical prowess his lot he does a at at Crossroads Music Festival he does a Ain't No Sunshine Ooh, ooh, kills it yeah that sounds like something that's right up his alley kills it so all his live bluesy stuff, and I think that's why I like this album. It's live and it's bluesy. Yeah, and I mean getting a getting a seat at the table with Grateful Dead is no like no fucking small feat. Oh, for sure. You got to, he got uh, he got endorsed by Clapton and then a bunch of other guys too, like for that. And oh. people people still hate that he's a member of it, but like it, dude, he sh- I mean he shreds on the guitar. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Clapton, I think I think Clapton said it like he he's he's the best, like right now of guitarists. Like he he's he's the best. Other than like Clapton, I think Jeff Beck just recently died. Yeah, I think so. Um, so Jimmy, when it comes to best guitarist alive, I think John Mayer's three, four. He's uh, he's certainly up there. You put you put Clapton at one for alive. Number two, Jimmy Page because he's alive. Yeah, he's alive. Van Halen's dead. Just, yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan's dead. Yeah. So I think you can put Clapton. What at about Slash? Slash. I don't think Slash is that good. Really? I don't think Slash is that good. I think Tom Morello's in the conversation too. Tom Morello's innovative, but I don't think he's as good as someone like Clapton or Jimmy Page. You know who's a cool up-and-coming guitarist that you guys might not be so familiar with, but the guy who plays guitar for Greta Van Fleet is kind of fire, too. I could see that. Um, But I don't know his name right now. Zeppelin Jr.? Oh, no, 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 no. We're getting away from that narrative. No, no, no. I hope so. I hope so. I I haven't listened to a ton of Greta Van Fleet, but... Yeah, their newer stuff is more hippy dippy kind of shit, but it's I like it. Um, but yeah, that first album was like almost fucking carbon copy Zeppelin you're, you're, shit. You're just imitating Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's also I guess I'll have to listen to his live stuff to have an opinion on whether or not he's like that awesome of a guitarist. But oh, John Mayer. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh it, dude. I mean, yeah. It, for sure, he's top five alive. For sure, I'll take your word for it. Do you guys want to do top 10 songs, album rankings, concert set list? Yeah, let's get into it. Top 10 songs. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll lead off here, and then we can just go around the table. Bet. So my top 10, I always throw in a bonus one here. So 11 to 1, Why Georgia at 11, Shot in the Dark 10, Born and Raised, In the Blood, No Such Thing. I did have Your Body's a Wonderland on here. Oh, so do I. Stop This Train, Vultures at 4. I love that song. Dreaming with a Broken Heart. Waiting on the day, slow dancing in a burning room. 
respectable. I'll leave Bingy for last since he's more of a connoisseur than I am. Just get through it quickly. 10 to 1. On the way home at 10. Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. Shadow days. Come back to bed. Something's missing. Wildfire. Your body's a wonderland. Then Queen of California. Bold as love. The Hendrix cover. And then Gravity. Oh, I miss Gravity. Oh, big miss. Yeah, big miss. So, uh, Joe, next time we're in your truck um, and we're with other people, <laughs> yeah. I, want, I want you to play Come Back to Bed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With, like, no the doubt. boys. Like, we're going to be yeah. on the way like a piston. That's game. fine. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the pool party playlist for the summer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're playing pool volleyball, having a good time. It's like, you know, like Luke Bryan, Morgan Wallen. You're like, oh, hey, good playlist, Joey. Come back. Yeah. Fellas, tell me if you like this one. Coming up next. So... I, Again, I, I didn't know the rules because I'm a I'm a I'm a newbie, so I did include. Uh, yeah, go a, for it. Uh, John Mayer trio songs because he wrote it. Uh, totally fine. Because There's he no wrote rules. it and live unreleased songs. All the right. rules would be like if you threw in like a fucking Taylor Swift song. Right. All right. So at ten, I have. Um, no, <laughs> at ten, I have <laughs> our song by Taylor Swift. <laughs> no, number ten is I'm gonna find another you. He closes with it on the live album, so I think that's another reason why I really got. Put it at my Wrong 10 there. spot. Yeah. And also, too, it's got, like, such a cool, like, soulful, like, southern rock vibe. Yeah. Yeah, vibe, yeah. Number nine is Daughters. Um, yeah, it's a good song. Eight, Bold is Love. I think he does a great cover of Hendrix so there. So fucking good. Seven, In Your Atmosphere. That's one of the ones that he only plays live. Six, Last Train Home. I really liked it. Five, Something Like Olivia. The reason it's at five is because I think it works acoustically and bluesy. Four, I Don't Need No Doctor. I think the best John Mayer Trio song. Such a cool song. Three, Why Georgia. Two, Neon. One, Gravity. Fair enough. Can't, can't diss that. I like it. It was we, hard. Uh, one, other, one of his other hits that none of us talked about throughout this was XO. Because it wasn't on any of the oh, albums. Oh, I saw that, yeah. I think it was a single. XO, XO, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But th- th- yeah. just saying that was one of his... Uh, it's got like 300 million streams. Yeah. It's popular. So... Album rankings here. You want, want to just same thing? We'll go around here. Yeah, yeah. All right. So from eight to one, and Mike, if you had the live ones, keep them in there. That's totally fine. Yep. I had Battle Studies at eight, uh, Born and Raised at seven, Paradise Valley at six, Heavier Things at five, Search for Everything at four, Sob Rock at three, Room for Squares two, Continuum one. Oh, we're gonna have a lot of variety here, except for the top and bottom, probably. I'm going eight to one here. Battle Studies at the bottom. Uh, the Search for Everything at 7, Sob Rock at 6, Room for Squares at 5, Whoa. Paradise Valley at 4, Heavier Things 3, Born and Raised 2, and then Continuum at the top. Uh, listen, I think as I was doing this, I think Room for Squares was like the, um, how do I put this? It was kind of like the the cutoff point for me. Sob Rock, The Search for Everything, and Battle Studies I really don't care for much. Um, everything above that, I like at least. So that's kind of something about it. It's like I talked about earlier. Heavier things gets a little bit of a nod there for me just because of the musical diversity. Yeah, man. I mean, music's I'm just talking through it, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I just like to know your thought process. Yeah. I'm just talking through it. So eight Uh, to one. Yeah. Eight. So I, I included the live albums. So eight search for everything. Seven paradise Valley. Six. Uh, Battle Studies, five, Sob Rock, four, Born and Raised, three, Heavier Things, then Any Given uh, any given Thursday, Room for Squares, Where the Light Is, Continuum. 
So if we're, if we're just doing studio albums, my one, two, three is Continuum, Room for Squares, uh, Heavier Things. I like it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's his three song stretch or three album stretch. Mm-hmm. Even for though sure. I differ, like, yeah, that, that's his three album his stretch. His first three. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, okay. And Concert then, songs. Well, hold on. I have uh, I have an analogy. My analogies. oh analogies. Let's get into it. I need I need your guys' help on this. I have analogies for all eight of them, but I need help on which like, Power Ranger are you? On modifying a couple of these. So, uh, from going back from eight to one, battle studies is like breaking up with someone by cheating. It's hurtful, messy, and it causes a lot of drama. Getting cheated on sucks. I don't like this album. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Okay, I'm good with that. Um. Born and raised, I had it lower down, but breaking up by moving away. He moved states at this part of his life. He's moving. He's, he's going on a new journey. It's different sound, different, different, uh, you know, it's folky. Okay. Paradise Valley, I had breaking up by taking a break. Uh, that one I need help with. I don't. Paradise Valley feels like uh, breaking up by, like, sending a friend, maybe. <laughs> Par- Paradise Valley is going on uh, a two-week trip out west to find yourself but really you're just doing <laughs> but really you're just doing mushrooms in a tent in the coachella Valley. I like both of yours are way better <laughs> i like i love that i'm going out west to find myself it's like bitch you're just doing fucking mushrooms out in the desert i really need to go into a cave a darkness tr- retreat for three days and figure life out have you ever met someone who's gone on one of those retreats i know no. I, I, so there's someone who i know said no to standing up at someone's wedding because they went on like a three week, like find yourself retreat with him and his wife. And Fuck. I'm like, you're mentally ill. Fuck them. That's such a dick move. Right. Yeah, that's wild. Like, that's a problem. Continue. Next. Yeah. So I actually think this one probably would have been better for the last album, but heavier things breaking up by ghosting. That probably would have better been better for the Paradise Valley. Breaking up by ghosting. Um, I don't know about that but i'll take it heavier things is like texting a girl netflix and chill well so i had i had a texting breakup on one of the other ones i feel like i feel like heavier things is is like breaking up and saying like uh we we just we're at or uh we're at different points in our lives or something like that different points in our lives for the next album the search for everything Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that works there too. All right, and then uh, Sob Rock. I don't. I don't know for this one. I just had uh, breaking up with someone by giving them like a a mixtape of of, <laughs> of songs. <laughs> Say like I'm I'm done. I with think you. that works. Or like a three theatrical presentation of like like you do like a five minute like on stage performance, and at the end it's like we're breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sob Rock. Is definitely giving a girl like a tape or a mixtape and being like, I just, I just feel like we've grown apart. Here, listen, this Tears for Fears and Pure <laughs> Mixtape. Yeah. So then, uh, the last two here, Room for Squares, I had by breaking up by text. Yes. Yes. Quiet. Yeah. Easy. Qu- quick, easy. Yeah. Lacks like a certain amount of depth. Yep. That yep. Some of the, yeah. And then for Continuum, because in my opinion, it's such a masterpiece. Breaking up by mutual agreement. You both just agree. Hey, well, this isn't working out. Yeah, or breaking up by love letter. Continuum's a <laughs> like divorce. Like a mailed letter uh, written on parchment. 
Continu- continuum is a lawyered up divorce. <laughs> <laughs> there are lawyers involved. Prenuptial agreement. Right. There are lawyers involved. There's negotiation. There's, all right, you can see the kids on this day. You still have each other's numbers. You still text. You still like sometimes even laugh together, but realize that the relationship is over. You have three kids, a dog, you know, um, the wife is keeping the dog. The a dad, house, the dad, couple houses maybe. The house, most of the money. Yeah. Uh, the dad now just is stuck with his boat, his small little ranch in St. Clair Shores. A pack of cigs. Pa- yeah, he, he loves smoking cigarettes and then sees a his fight kids. fight necklace. Right. No, not the fight <laughs> necklace. He sees his kids on the weekend. Yeah. I like it. All right, well, uh, let's get into uh, concert set list. All right. Uh, you want to start again, Joey, since we're just doing it that way? Or I'll go if you want me to. No, you go. I'm going to try and make a modification here. All right. Um, my opener, I looked at this a little bit differently just because he is ge- generically a pop, technically considered a pop artist, but more bluesy. Um, I think a cool kind of like bluesy opener, and again, this is often out my like, is Queen of California. Um, it's got a fun little intro section. And then a slow build-up through the song. Um, I really like that as an opener for John Mayer. Um, the encore is a little bit more pop-heavy for me here. I just I feel like with a pop artist, you can stick it all at the end. Um, and the crowd will have been waiting that long for that. And there's, again, I'm no uh, expert on John Mayer, but I think just the deeper cuts can, can just get through the, the bulk of the concert. So I'll go Gravity to open the encore. Bold as Love remix on the middle of the encore, and then your body is Wonderland close. So I will say with Gravity, when the guitar kicks in in that song, it is very distinct. Again, immediately you know it. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. So that's what I got. Mr. 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 Mike. Go, Mike. Yeah, I went really in-depth with this. We're specifically opening with City Love, but the version he played at the 2004 Crossroads Festival, he starts off by just kind of jamming, doing some blues licks. Uh, there's bass, there's drums. Uh, but they just kind of go in, and then he flows into City Love. Okay. So that's my opener, but it's a very specific. Uh, then Encore, how many Encores do I get? Three songs. Okay. You, you can go more if you want. Yeah, if you want to go, go. Okay. I really like a two-song Encore. Go for it, two okay. songs. Uh, the reason I like a two-song Encore is because in between, he uh, improvises a lot. Okay, and, and so it's I, essentially right. the same thing. As so, a, yeah. Right, so I want it, I want it to be bluesy. Uh, Gravity's got to be there. That's mine. Gravity's the first Encore. Um. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, just shredding on guitar. Um, and then the final one uh, that I said is I want him to do I Don't Need No Doctor, which is one of his John Mayer trios. Yeah, songs. the trio songs. Right, and because you could just jam out, you know, improvise a five-minute, not five-minute, but you can improvise like a two-minute guitar Yeah, a long section. Right, exactly. Okay. And it has, and it has a good... Uh, and it has a good just rhythm to it. That's one it's of the upbeat. That, that's yeah. one of the things I've talked about with Joey is I like a uh, an encore closer that has a long section at the end that you can play around with. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And you can't end with like your body is a wonderland. It's too slow. May yeah. That's something I've I've debated in my head because we've talked back and forth about slow songs at the close versus high paced songs. I generally agree with you, um, but I also just kind of look at uh, I'm not familiar with his live work, so I'll. I'm probably wrong here. I just look at him as a like a slow tempo artist. So, yeah. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. So for concert opener, I had new light, but I'm gonna change it to no such thing. So okay. That's a good opener. Yeah. So we're gonna go no such thing for the opener. For three song encore, I had XO to open it up. It's one of his hits that's not on an album, so yeah. it's kind of like it's ob- probably you know, good. obscure. Yep. 
Into Free Fall in the cover. So oh, yes. I love yes. that one. He does a great live. And then Gravity to Close. Yeah. Can't so I, all, all three of us had Gravity in there. Yeah. It's, it's a great song. Yeah. And it would be weird if he like just finished with that in the the main set list, and then like you come out for the encore, and it's like, well, fuck. I don't know. It just it just feels like it has to be in the encore, but that's just me. Yeah. <sighs> All right, gents. You guys, got any anything else? I got nothing else. Um, other than definitely listen to some of his live stuff, and then listen to John Mayer Trio. I think he, so. John Mayer Trio came out with the studio album, and it's good. I don't think it's a studio album; just a live recording. It's okay. Great. It's great. Yeah, I'll probably I'll listen to some of that on my car ride today. I got a I'm going all over the place looking for houses and stuff. So cool. I'll be listening to that today. All right, yep. boys. And uh, then up next on the schedule, we got Dreamers next week, and then Foo Fighters. Dreamers next week. Dreamers. Foo Fighters the following week. So Dreamers is a very niche, uh, very very niche. It's like it's kind of rock alternative. Okay. But they're really really small. I'm gonna check yeah. them out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah looking forward to that. Um. As I mentioned last week, follow the socials, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all at Flip the Record. Or sorry, Instagram's at Flip the Record Pod. YouTube, uh, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok at Flip the Record. Check it out. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you on the next one.